you know, there's a couple of things that we do wrong on a consistent basis. And I don't mean to shame anyone. You know, that's the opposite of my heart. But I want us to take accountability in the understanding that we have preconceived notions and we judge and we do so without even maybe knowing the root of why we do it. But it's happening so often. Conversations like teen mom, conversations like disability, conversations like diversity. We put a definition to them so fast that we aren't even open-hearted or open-minded to hear the backstory. What does that mean to you is the question we should be asking. How does that affect you is the question we should be asking. Leaning into people's passions Understanding their roots is exactly what Camille Joy does on a consistent basis. Not only through her podcast, she's got the Moments of Joy podcast as well, so be sure to tune into that, but she's a survivor of domestic violence, of abuse. She's an advocate for people in so many different realms, and her heart is to just support the brokenhearted in motherhood, in parenthood, and also to just be a light. And she surely is that. And so today's conversation is going to wreck your definitions. And I am so excited about that. And she is going to be making global impact in so many realms, in education, in curriculum, in the church, in schools. And I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on it. So as you're tuning into this, if you have a resource that can help her, I'm going to ask a help question. We need help. She needs help. If there's a resource at Prompts in Your Spirit that you could connect her with somebody in one of these realms that we unpack, it would be an honor to be a component of her storyline. And so I am grateful to you, Camille, and for the joy that you bring. And we partner in every single day, a fruit of the spirit that is one of my absolute favorites to share with people. You're a gift and you deserve all that God has promised for you. So thank you for being here and sharing with us today. This is your God wink, the moment that heaven says, for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. All right, all right. I am so excited for this, you guys. If you don't know this about me already, I love to bring joy. And today I literally get to bring Camille Joy, who also parallels in the same thing as just literally being a joy bomb everywhere she goes, um, specifically and strategically to mamas. And so I'm excited to dive into you doing that. And I'm so grateful for you being here today. Thanks for showing up. Oh, you're so welcome. It's such an honor to be here today. So thank you so much for the invitation. 
Absolutely. So Joy is also, or I say Joy, I'm going to call you Joy the rest of the time. Camille. Yeah, it's Camille. <laughs> hey, it's one and the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> one and the same. So Camille is a, a host as well to a podcast called Moments of Joy, as you saw in the intro trailer, if you were watching live with us. Um, definitely let us know if you have tuned into it. And if not, be sure to do so after we um, get to know you a bit more here. I love the premise of your show and I love all that you are. And I am curious where you're going to feel prompted to jump in, but she's a survivor. She's an advocate and a voice of hope to the brokenhearted mommy. And she's passionate about so many things, but ultimately, obviously, to bring joy um, through all of the various platforms. And we know that joy, especially here on Fit and Faith podcast, is through the love of Jesus. And so I'm excited to hear how you help rebuild the lives of women after they've faced trauma, tragedy, adversity, and loss. Um, There's a lot to that. And we're going to unpack it here. She knows and has context because she is also a mama. So let's lean in maybe to your personal life and then how it kind of propelled where you are today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I am a mama. I'm a mama of five boys. Heaven help you. (laughs) And I became a mom when I was just 16 years old. And by 21, I have four children. So let's just pause right there. I'm going to take a deep breath for yes, you. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. And so um, I found myself in the midst of an abusive relationship really young, um, really young. I went chasing behind a guy driving a Range Rover. I had a gold ring on every finger and um, big bamboo earrings and a gold chain in high school. And I was just running behind him, um, which I thought he I thought he was the love of my life. Right. But no. He was actually way too old for me to be dating in the first place. But I stayed in this relationship that quickly turned sour. And I have five, four children, four children um, by the time I was 21. So I hit, that was my rock bottom. I, I remember vividly the moment where I said, all right, I have to leave now. Um, I was, I had my last child. I was breastfeeding. And every time I talked about school, um, he would just get infuriated. And so an argument began to happen and um, he got up and punched me three times in the head. Boom, boom, boom. And, and I couldn't do anything. I was defenseless because I had my three-week-old newborn in my arms. Mm-hmm. And my children were on the couch. They were right there. They were two and three at the time. My oldest was with my mom. And my two-year-old said, Mom, Daddy, you hit Mommy? And he said, yeah. She was a bad girl. And at that moment, I knew that if I didn't run, my life would be hell on earth, not just a life for me, but for my children. And so I did. A few months later, I found the courage through God because I rededicated my life to Christ. And all all of a sudden, I found this courage. Mm. I didn't know what was next. I had nothing, literally, because I dropped out of school. So I was 21 with never having had a job and I had nothing, but I had God. And so I knew that with Jesus, everything was going to be okay after. Wow. And there's so much scripture to understanding that like with God, you had all things. And from a secular lens, you're thinking, how am I going to even provide for my babies at this point? Not even able to concern yourself with yourself. No. Right. And so, you know, you're thinking of the essentials, food, shelter, clothing, right? Like, how is this going to happen? So what what did you do? And I I know the courage that Christ brings because it's experienced in my own life and motherhood, especially. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what that looked like. Yes. But it was my mom that God used to help deliver me from pain. I have had such a strained relationship with her, but he coincidentally um, blessed her with a job that was next door to my house. So she would always come over and she would always throw hints. You can come home whenever you wanted to, but I was so prideful. Um, But one day it was her that helped me to find freedom. She visited me and and an argument broke out while she was home, um, while she was at my house and she left. And I called her back that moment. I said, mom, will you come back and get me? And I had been hiding garbage bags of clothes in the closet. She came back. She pulled back up to the house and it was pouring cats and dogs. And I unloaded the bags out of the closet and I put the kids in their car seat. And I went to my mom's house, my parents' home, back 
to my foundation and we slept on a sofa in a love seat that we put together in my parents' living room. And that was it. But through that, I I leaned so hard into God. Mm -hmm. I became so radical. I just, I just, I gave him my all because I knew that he saved me in my home. Can I add that? I didn't, I wasn't in the church. I was in my bed. I was crying to God because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know how I was going to get out of this mess, but I cried, God, if you give me a way out, I will promise I will not come back. And I started to just cry and um, really, really pull on the presence of God in my home, on my bed by myself. And I rededicated my life right there. It makes me think of the visual of um, the unclean woman when there was just like crowds of people around and she just thought to herself, if I could just touch the edge of your cloak, I would be clean. Like I will never go back, God. And, and it's that activation. I feel like it's that heart, head posture of complete surrender that he moves in because that ego, that pride that you're talking yeah. about is an enemy tactic. And it's a secular concept of, oh, they've got it all together because they're in like prideful and everything is ready. Everything is set as it should be. I'm going to stay here and raise my four babies. Right. This is the life God has planned for me. But you weren't even paralleling anything to God. You were just saying this is my life. Yeah. Right. And so that surrender changes your perspective and says it's his life. May it be your will that I am able to free myself and free my children from what's to come. So that is in and of itself. If we are talking about motherhood, Mm -hmm. you made ultimate sacrifices. Yes, absolutely. And, um, and so I left that situation and and you think about the woman with the issue of blood, she was bleeding, but she was an outcast. Mm-hmm. Because if you've been bleeding for that long, yeah. no one wanted to marry her. She didn't have children. She probably smelled because they don't have the luxury of what we have today. There was probably so many things going on with her, but she was redeemed in that mm-hmm. moment, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, so I was redeemed. I, I rededicated my life to Christ. I I climbed up and I went back to school. I got a culinary degree. But I wish I could say, you know, everything was good there, but it wasn't. And here's the reason why my heart uh, began to come out for moms, because I, he, my abuser, he couldn't get to me anymore. So he came for the children. And so I entered into a custody battle with him in 2011, where I actually, for some time, lost custody of my children. So I went years. Oh, my God. My three babies. Oh, I went years with without seeing them, even though we had joint legal custody, he didn't adhere to it and there was nobody to keep him accountable. So their teeth falling out, what they looked like with their shoes growing, their clothes, oh. I was devastated. I was on the brink of, of suicide. I was functioning, going to work, but as soon as I came home, I was in the bed, literally counting my last breath because I knew that my oldest child that was not his, my mom, and my dad would take care of. And I was just, I was going to end my life. Wow. But somewhere in the midst of all of that, I can remember um, at 2.45 in the morning, calling my mom numerous times and not even being able to talk because I was so tormented, right? The person that tormented you now can torment you by flaunting your children around the same town and Mm-hmm. and just limiting you from your babies. Mm-hmm. I I would call her and just whisper, pray, because I couldn't even talk. I was so overtaken with grief. grief. But one day, I just got strength, and I said, I will not die here. And I didn't need to call her anymore because it was me who was praying. It was me who t- was talking back to the enemy. And, and that's where this warrior was developed um, because that's where I found this spiritual language. That's why where I developed my prayer language because I literally had to fight for my life and fight for the life of my children, which it was the enemy, right? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He wants to still kill and destroy me and my bloodline. And so I had to rise up and really become a warrior. But that's where the heart came from because I felt like it was this hidden group of moms who, you know, 
could never speak about that. It wasn't because I was a bad mom. It was because he was wealthy and I wasn't. I was young and he was older and all I could do was cry in court. And and it and it happened and it happens to a lot of women, blue collar, white collar, black women, white women, Spanish women, Asian women, and they are silenced and never speak out about it. Um, but God freed me from that shame. He freed my children from being held. Um, and so he he is a redeemer. He is a redeemer. And, mm -hmm. and I had all those children and met a wonderful man of God. Of <laughs> course you did. Oh, I love it. She's she's flaunting her ring for those of you listening to the podcast. And she is so proud of that. And that is so incredible because in the midst, God had already prepared his heart and was preparing his heart to be able to receive you and all of your beautiful children. And what a blessing that must be to be together. Um, that is a wild journey uh, and so many layers to unpack in that. I mean, thinking of the suicidal ideation and not wanting to breathe been there, done that, right? And missed having children. And it's such an interesting place to be when you have kids because you, they're like in the next room, whether physically or or in the house down the road, right? They're, they're in the next room. You're imagining what will happen if, and you're thinking about what will happen if yeah. you're not here, they don't have you, and you had the protection of your parents for your one son, but for the other babies to understand that they were going to actually be walking out what you feared most. Yeah. I believe God's like redemption comes in those quiet moments as a only God experience, because there's no way that you could keep breathing other than for him to come in and take your breath and remind you that it's not by you. It's not even for you. It's for that, that bloodline that he so desperately designed, you know, and gave his life for. Unbelievable. So you have the babies back. You meet this incredible man. You guys have another child together? We do. We had a, well, it didn't happen in that order. I met this incredible man and then I was reunited with my children. So oh, even that amazing. I could have chosen not to. And it and limited me in a lot of ways because I would always say, I can't date. You know, I don't fully even have my children, but, but I allow God to bring me joy through him. That's unbelievable. Guys, this is so good and so relatable. So relatable, Camille. I feel like so many people have stories like this and it, it ends up being to the side of everything that they're doing. And they might even share bits and pieces, but you're really going into every component of depression, anxiety, limiting beliefs, uh, demonic uh, spiritual attack, right? That was coming at you from every angle. And I believe one of the coolest parts of what you're sharing is this positioning piece that your mom was positioned as that angel for you. And now as a part of your calling and your purpose, you're helping moms. Yeah, I, I can feel myself welling up a little bit. I'm like, don't you cry, Camille. Hey, this is a space and it often happens. So if it's not, yes, it's me, but I, it's an open space for that. When you said um, I'm exposing it all, I was so ashamed. For years, I was so, I would never, there were people who were in my family, my extended family, aunts and cousins who even, they had no idea that my children were home. I would forbid my immediate family from sharing about my children. So no one knew until I opened up and then I started on a, a platform maybe four, four or five years ago and started sharing what happened, but just the freedom in hopes that someone else would say, oh, man, it's not just me. It's so many women. I wish I would have had someone to say, you're going to be okay. God will restore. And and um, even through that, God reminded me that our children are children for a little while. And they're adults for way longer. Um, and so you, what you pour into them, just like it's coming back now, you know, from what your parents have instilled in you, it will when you give them that foundation of Christ. So incredible. And that that image, like you said at the beginning, it's like that knowing that how outcast, how ostracized, how ashamed that woman was made to feel. And I'm sure afterwards, and it doesn't go on to the story, but I can only imagine the voice that she had in that redemption and the ability to allow others to bear witness to the miracle that again, can only shine God's glory. Like that is so in, important for us to realize that 
there's no making of self. We are not self-made anything. We are God made. We are God designed. His redemptive spirit has gotten us to this space. Our Even our platforms, like you're talking about, only rise, only grow by God because he wants to do exactly what my heart mission is to obliterate shame, yes. to make it all go away because everything is rooted in shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your voice matters and their voice matters. And even as you speak into moms, I am sure that there are also a lot of men who can raise their hand to that Me Too experience. Absolutely. It, it just gives you a lot more um, empathy for what people go through in general, you know? And no one's life is perfect. And we mm. all have a journey to go through, to walk through. And our all of our journeys look different. So... So it gave me compassion and empathy for what other people go through, period. Yeah. So interesting. I'm curious from um, a mental health perspective or spiritual health, even from your children, as you were talking about giving them Christ-like love and teaching them about that foundation, knowing that they witnessed their own mom get hit upside the head and then to be afraid of, I'm sure, components of living with their dad and the ostracizing of not being with their mom. How how have you seen God redeem their lives through this situation? Well, they're teenagers now, so we're still walking through the redemption. And I'm I'm glad that you mentioned mental health because we take that very serious in, in my home. And so we're all on therapy from the baby who's only four. He, he has autism, but he has his own kinds of therapy. But we all do because yeah. it. God, I, I just believe in the healing power of Jesus, but I also believe that he puts people here on this earth to help walk us through. So they are walking through as well uh, because it wasn't really um, all wonderful with them being with their dad. And they were babies two and three, so I don't know that they remember. But now that I'm starting to talk about it, you know, I have to have those conversations with them as well as boys so that they don't repeat the process mm -hmm. because sometimes even if you don't remember that you went through it it's already yeah there's like that osmosis experience that happens where they mm -hmm. it deposits into their spirit and interestingly from my testimony, the shame that was deposited in the experiences that I witnessed and walked through, crawled through because I was so little. Um, it's the knowing that I suppressed those things so deeply internally that I didn't even know that they existed to the point when I was in therapy at 29. Um, and I came to I was redeemed by Christ as well first and then knew that I needed that routine maintenance, right? If yeah. you buy a car, it immediately depreciates and you have to take it in to continually get serviced, right? And so if we are thinking by any point with all of the road rage, I'm going to use this analogy of cars that's happening on a consistent basis, all of the accidents we get in, all the speeding mm. tickets, all this stuff, and we're not willing to drive into the space that's going to just repair, we're going to break down mentally, mm -hmm physically, spiritually. And so there's this suppression that happens based in trauma that then acts out in every possible way. And being teenagers, I'm sure that there's components that you're seeing already and you're like, heaven help me <laughs> all over <Listen>. again. <laughs> I wish I could laugh and say that. that wasn't I don't have teenagers. So I it is so true. I have one who's already out. He, he's 20. He's in college and he has his own place now. But my three, absolutely. Yes, it is quite the journey. Quite. And you also have to know taking away that shame from your um, experience and also just the lens. It's like they're getting raised in a world that's totally different than when we yes, were in is. that 16 year old age. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really wild that there's a lot of inputs at every given point of every generation. Um, and now we're dealing with something brand spanking new. Oh, and yes. so it's um, again, we get to lean though in all of that transition and all of that um, development of change of, of, of the world, of the secular world that's still changing and God's steadfast love is still the answer. Absolutely. And you know, they are wonderful children. And, and every time I have any little hiccup, it could be, you know, that I said, clean your room seven times today. <laughs> I, I remind myself that they're not even half as bad as I was as a teenager. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Great frame of mind to remember for sure. 
I thank God for that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I want to hear, so you started the platform, you said four or five years ago. Did you do that on Instagram at first? Um, so I started the podcast. Yes. Um, we're going into our third year. And so that's where, before I started the podcast, I was beginning to open up on Periscope. So Periscope. Okay. Periscope. Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah, we started three years ago on Instagram and just with audio podcasting. And how you have guests on that consistently or is it just you or how's the format work? Yeah, I have guests on, but I try to do a little of me, a little of guests, a little of me, a little of guests. So we go back and forth and we do uh, weekly episodes once a week. And then now I've just been passionate about helping Christian entrepreneurs and influencers start their global monetized podcast because you know we need to flood this avenue of media and so many of us are intimidated by podcasting but we need to get out here and spread the love of Jesus in whatever unique way he gives you so I just am so parallel to that passion because I believe, you know, it's the power of our testimonies, right? The reason that when someone shares something intimately, it could be on any platform, any stage, and you're drawn in. The drawing in of storytelling is no different than how and why Jesus shared in parables, right? He's not pointing a finger. He's telling a story that then draws you in for the lesson and the lesson that all of these people are trying to share via audio, via video or both, which is what we do here right now, is the understanding that it's literally to bring light to the world in a way that we have access to that can go to all the nations, which is the Great Commission. There you go. Well, you will go global. Yes. I'm sure your podcast is you you have one of the top podcasts. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And it but it's amazing. And yeah, yeah I didn't even start knowing that that was even possible. Three years ago, podcasting is not what it is today, as you know. So the fact that you even said press play, probably without any real understanding of what you were doing, (laughs) it's been amazing to see how it's emerged. And now everyone has this uh, understanding that they can do it too, which is amazing. More more of God. Like that's ultimately what it is. It's just more of God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely quick commercial break. I know I hate these things too, but it's so critical that you grow your business for God's sake. And I mean that pun intended with all the love in my heart to get you from a place of ideation to activation. Stop dreaming, start doing, stand up, start saying yes to the call that God has on your life. We are going to be joining in Lexington, Kentucky with none other than the beautiful Rise and Grind community with Glenn Lundy, who will be co-hosting this incredible conference. This is the second annual, and he has taken me under his wing to be able to share this stage to motivate and inspire and I cannot wait to see you there November 5th through the 7th if you want to come in for the VIP experience which who doesn't want to come along for VIP that's all access passes to the speakers and the artists and you'll be able to dine with us in the private rooms with your own special bathrooms so of course come one day two day three day passes available as well and we cannot wait as Glenn and I say to hug your neck see you there So I'm curious, beyond just the podcasting expression, Mm -hmm. you obviously transitioned into Clubhouse, which is how we met. And are you opening rooms on the regular? How are you serving people in that space as well? Yes. So coincidentally, I I always share that I really got God direction. As soon as I downloaded the app, I heard a whisper and it was run. And so that is exactly what I did. I ran. I talked all the time. So today I am the founder of the Real Moms Club on Clubhouse, which is the largest parenting club on the app with over uh, 45,000 wow. parents. So <laughs> awesome. So, it is just amazing. So we we make impact that way. And um, God is, is teaching me how to shine in areas that are not always about him, right? But be the light and go. And, and so I created this space where it's not Christian, it's for everyone. But when they come into me, it's another funnel to him. <laughs> ah, there's the funnel. I love that. I love that. I'm, I coach business for the most part and it starts with identity, but goes into business and funnels. People come to me and they're so broken by funnels. Like they're so affected in such a negative way because it feels slimy and 
all the things that you could imagine. And I have and I do everything on a biblical foundation. And so to experience it that way, just that quick imagery that you gave me, I'm such a visual learner. It is. And you're so right. And I think people can get that misconstrued, right? If, if they're a Christian and they want to start a podcast, they think that it has to be a Christian podcast, right? Fit and faith has like an underlying faith. What is that? Um, also business coaching. I was so unsure. Am I a Christian business coach? And for a while I utilized that branding. Um, I found out a couple of things about Christians in the process. They don't, they have money issues because yeah. of the church, <laughs> they have real money issues. And so that was where I was actually leaning into most is like helping them understand one, they're valuable enough to invest in themselves. Mm-hmm. And two, they've got to invest in themselves. And three, they've got to invest in themselves. And four, investment costs money. Yes, <laughs> right? absolutely. So that was one thing. But then additionally, understanding in that biblical foundation that they feel, how can I be separate from my identity in Christ and also run a business? And they, I did that. And I, and I know the pain that that exists in, because the yeah. further you parallel to the entrepreneur or the CEO, which is what mm-hmm. I was doing and not recognizing myself as a child of God. Yeah. The world got a hold of that. Yeah. Right. And the enemy was like, talk about pride. It's in a total different correlation, but it was a pride thing. And so my heart for people is to realize that you're not a church going Christian on Sunday. And then every other day you're a podcaster or a mom or anything that we've talked about today. You are all of those things all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so you naturally, because the Holy Spirit dwells within you, they're going to get the Holy Spirit. (laughs) They might know what they up for, but you're like, come sit at my table. I'm going to yeah. feed you more than I, just that's what, what you I really believe that because there's no way how, you know, we just grew at leaps and bounds. God just really put his hand on it because we would wake up, me and a friend of mine who was helping me try to move everybody over as members in the beginning. And we just couldn't keep up. It was like a thousand people a day were just being added to the club. And so it, God just really put his hand on it. That is really magnificent. Have you had a segment at all in Breakfast of Champions yet? I have. Oh, good. I did. I don't know if I was there for it or not, or if that's how we got connected. But I mean, it's amazing to see what Clubhouse has done for people of God. Mm-hmm. And and I know that God um, and and the understanding of faith within something like social media is a discrepancy in the church. Um, and a lot of people try to say that it's an enemy dwelling place. Yeah. yeah. But if the enemy is there, guess who's there stronger? Absolutely. God. And so it's so important for us to go into the places just like Jesus did that aren't the most popular, that might be really grim, that feel really dark. And you're doing that by going into people's heart space, yeah. their head space, their trauma closets, right? And allowing people as parents to open up about about all things. Talk to us about some of maybe your most successful conversations or some areas that you're really passionate about sharing and teaching in right now. Coincidentally, it is families raising children with disabilities. That was the one room um, that for the past eight months now, I've done consistently every Monday. I haven't skipped a beat. Um, and so I've talked on the app probably almost every day, but that one room it hasn't changed because it's been a support group. So my youngest um, is four years old and he was diagnosed with autism. Um, so in that space, all parents are there and people, and I learned so much about real major disabilities that parents are, are raising these children who have no arms and no legs, who are dwar- dwarfs, who are um, born with cerebral palsy who have rare diseases that they don't even know a name of. And, um, and so, so to show up with no judgment and really support the parents, that has been um, the thing that is closest to my heart. Wow, that's unbelievable. In that support, are there experts coming in to share ever? Um, or are they just like hearing people's testimony and sending prayer? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so we share resources. That was the number one thing. We share resources or we share, we're beginning to share now um, our thoughts on the word disability because we changed the room. It was called special needs, but the adults began to come in and teach us. 
about um, how they are rising up as a community to embrace and be proud of who they are. If someone's never walked, they're not ashamed of being disabled. And they want us to join them as allies raising these children to raise our children to be proud of who they are. So yes, we have experts come in sometimes. Um, for the most part, it is parents, it is siblings, it is individuals themselves who blind, um, I can deaf, who have grown up and now they're adults and they're giving us advice on how to give our children confidence and courage and, and all the things. And then we have um, people who work in the special education field every week. So from all over the world, you get to realize how blessed we are in the United States with so many resources for our children. Absolutely. is the most amazing thing, too, to recognize that this is, again, a testimony to God's ability to bring together people and to, to recognize that all children are children of God and his heart for them in this support, in this need-based community is no different than healthy, thriving children, right? And what is thriving? I think there's so many conversations that could be had around, I love that the special needs versus disabled, what does that look like? And I, it makes me most proud to see these, these adult people who are coming in to pour into that next generation, which is exactly your heart in motherhood, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Really and powerful. One of the things I'm really thankful for is how God um, is using me to educate uh, the people in our faith about disability, that it's not dirty and that it's not demonic and that um, there's a reason why sometimes people with disabilities don't come to church. And so we don't look around and see them because they, they feel ashamed. They feel like if they're not getting healed, they don't have faith. And some people aren't nice to them. And, um, and I've heard stories of people faking healing because they, they just wanted to be healed in the moment. And so God taught me what healing looks like in it. And it looks different for everyone. Um, so my son was also born with congenital heart disease and he had three heart surgeries and I fasted and I prayed. I knew since he was in my belly that this would happen. And I was so defeated. And I felt like, what am I doing wrong? I'm saying every scripture. But scripture is not a magic potion. You know, um, speaking his word is not something that's going to poof, be gone. But God has given him a story. He's teaching me as a parent to have endurance. And he is healed. What it looks like um, doesn't look the same for everyone. But Mason is walking in healing. And um, and I'm proud to be a part of this community so I can help educate the people of our faith. That's incredible. And, and it's so interesting that it's this like blanket and understanding. I mentioned it from the realm of business. And, and it's I don't know if it's people necessarily just in Christianity. I think it's it's people in general. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it is very interesting. And I think it's because the church has had such a stronghold in um, maybe not all the right ways in the man-made ways yeah. that have, have just like trickled down in that. Um, because if we were to truly lean in, like you have said, you're teaching and helping people understand to what is healing. Like the yeah. church was making a definition of you're healed because now you can walk yeah. or you're healed because now you can see. But Jesus never said that. Right. And in and, and every example that he gave was drastically different. And so I love that you've taken that authority and that God's placed that on your heart. I think it's so unique to your calling. Um, do you have like partnerships or anything with people who are in a similar space or how do you foresee the business coaches coming out of me? Yeah. How do you foresee like the business <laughs> of this growing? What do you, what are you hoping to do? If you could ask mm -hmm. for a need, like I need this in order to move into this, tell me what that is. I don't have any partners yet, but I would love, I see a curriculum for leaders um, and pastors. You know, I come from a non-denominational church, so we always have meetings and trainings, but there truly needs to be um, a training on how to receive people with disabilities because no one's church is full of them. We can probably count maybe two that might come in, but there's a reason parents stay out for 10 years until the kids grow up because it just don't feel welcomed and there needs to be a training. So I asked the Lord to grace me to write a curriculum 
for leaders on um, receiving people because when someone is born with no legs and arms, what does that look like, right? What, what does it look like? They are healed. They are healed. And they may never grow an arm or a leg, but they need to know that God sees them the same, that they are healed, that they are valued, that they can preach and teach the gospel, right? That, that there's still an anointing on their lives. So I would just really like to um, teach that um, because I also come born and raised from a Pentecostal background where there's um, a lot of emphasis on healing in the way of um, that, what it should look like. Yeah, yeah, and and I I partner with you in that, um, and and I think that there's a whole entire understanding of like diversity and inclusion in this, and understanding one lens, one definition of diversity that so many people are willing. I think I, I like to say willing because mm-hmm. I, I think they are. I hope yeah. we're good at people, but I think when you talk about the special needs thing. Um, or somebody who is a disability of some sort, in my brain, there's also as a mom, I'm not even a mama of that, but it's the understanding, oh, I'm going to be putting the um, volunteers out if I was to bring my child and they have extra work to do. They don't get paid for that. Are they even equipped to be able to serve my child in that way? Are the other kids going to make fun of them? Is there language for how they should be taught or served or or shared with in that experience? And so you're so right. There's like uh, so many layers to that conversation. Um, And I think for a curriculum piece, it could be not even just for churches. It could be for education. It could be in schools. I mean, that's amazing. So if you started the journey to preparing it? Um, I have. I'm, I'm putting together a little presentation, but I don't know the first thing about building a curriculum, but I'm sure the Lord will lead just like <laughs> he has this far, right? <laughs> every time, girl, every time. Yes. And this is the thing about growing into the vision that God gives us. When he gives us a vision, when he, when he promised you and when he healed you, when he gave you that redemption, he didn't say, okay, you're redeemed. This is how you're going to get out of it. You are redeemed. I'm going to make a way, a straight path to your new husband. That's you right. Don't, you don't have any idea. And it no. becomes harder almost because it, I think it becomes harder because our resilience and our faith and our strength is, is relying in him. And we are expecting no difference than the healing conversation. We are expecting him to respond in a certain way right. at a certain time, mm-hmm. at a certain pace, in a certain, you know, frame methodology and we're putting Jesus in a box. And so it's the knowing that this curriculum will come to fruition. You will have the resources to do it. You already have the education to make it happen. It's a knock and then another knock and then another knock. And then God opens the doors in a magnificent way. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm excited for you. I think (laughs) the biggest thing, and it's no different than when I was to teach or coach somebody who's starting a coaching program. It's not a curriculum per se, but they have to write the curriculum. They have to know what are these people coming in for 10 weeks to learn from me? What expertise have I learned that I can deposit into them? And I think fundamentally with everything that you've gone through, even the mental health component, you've had to learn strength, resiliency, discipline, obedience. Um, All of these are conversations conversations that need to be in this curriculum. You've learned it all. It's already, you've already been equipped. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I just recorded a podcast earlier and I said, everything that we walk, every door that we walk through, you never realize until you're in it that you've already been prepared for this, you know? You're so right. And you're, and it, it comes with that confidence. And and I talk often about how fear and faith coexist and people think people who are confident are fearless. Mm -hmm. I just had this opportunity to walk in a New York city fashion show this past weekend. It was epic. It was so fun. (laughs) However, they asked me to wear a bathing suit in addition to some other things. And I was like, I wanted to throw up the entire time. I'm like, why me? Why is this happening? Like, oh, you wear bathing suits in your Instagram. I figured you'd be fine. I'm like, I'm not with the people looking at me when they're scrolling their phone. Right. And it feels way more raw. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> and I had some boob hanging out. So yes. that too. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw up. 
And everyone's response afterwards, like, you rock the runway. You're so confident. I love the way you took the stage. And I'm like, meanwhile, dun, dun, dun. Fear and faith coexist because what occurred after that one, I got to wear clothes down the, the runway the next several yeah. times. Wow. But additionally, I made connections with people and I made a statement. And I think this is the biggest component of that is in your confidence, knowing that you have fear too, and you're still doing it, it relies on God alone for you to be able to make those decisions. It, it You had to fully rely on God in order to take that next breath in the season of motherhood that you were in multiple times multiple. and understanding that you are shining light. When someone gets up on stage on Clubhouse and they share about their child for the very first time in this way, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of faith, but they're definitely probably also wanting to throw up. Yeah. But guess what happens in that sharing? Guess what happens in that catwalk is people see a light within you. How can she do that? How does that make sense? How are they able to keep going? Right. And you are a testimony of resilience. Amen. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I think it's incredible. (laughs) I I definitely want you to know that there are advocates, um, even advocates outside of the exact realm that you're in, right? Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes we tend to lean in to, oh, they have a disabled child or, oh, they've walked through this similar scenario so we can partner together. Mm-hmm. But I think God does that in such a grandiose way if we open up our eyes to additional people that are around us. Yes. Okay. So I just want to speak that Thank to you. That. Yeah. Yeah educators, um, Mm. help in that regard, city leaders, you know, people within uh, politics who you would think no way would they touch this. They absolutely might. Okay. Special Olympics would partner with you in this. Wow. Thank you so much. Right. Wounded warriors would partner in the education component of how do they keep going? I've got to get my pin. Yeah, girl. (laughs) I'm just, I am a dreamer. God has given me the ability to look largely at situations and look largely at business plans and look largely into the vision that he's gifted. Because I think, and I do it to myself, we put him in a box and we say, this is all I know to be true. Mm. And he wants so desperately to surprise us. He wants so desperately to bring the unexpected, the miracles into our life. So I, I'm excited to see what you're going to do with this. Thank you so much. I'm excited too. It's incredible. I want, are there any additional like components to your story? Are there any other pieces or places that we can be let into in the last few minutes that you want to share or you feel prompted to talk about? Um, I just want to speak about, um, having confidence in your voice, in your story, and just letting God use it. Um, I shared probably all of me today, (laughs) except that I was my mom's middle child. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Yeah, but but through that, um, God gives us all a story. And so when we don't share it, and maybe not on a huge platform, but even with the person who may work with us that we see going through something that we did, right? Just allow God to be glorified through your story and allow him to use you because it is him that is using you. And if and if someone is listening and they may not be on the redemption side yet, remember Jeremiah 29 and 11. That's my family mantra that you know, God says he knows the plans he has for us and his plans to prosper us and not to harm us and to give us a future and a hope. And so when you put your trust in God, that takes a lot of pressure off of you to make it work and of you to rebuild your life because he will do it. He will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. And anything in the word of God, it's not just a story that's being told. It is the mysteries of God that he's giving us to know who he is. And so that is it. Thank you so much. So good. And the mysteries, like you said, really tie into the other component of of the healing that you discussed, of your storyline, to know that it's different for everyone. 
and and it's only our job we don't have to carry the cloak of save everyone you meet we're here to plant seeds and be that light and that's going to look different to everybody's storyline but i am a wholehearted believer that you have taken the mic and you're allowing other people to take the mic in such a way that's going to create massive impact global impact Thank you so much. You're so welcome, friend. Blessings to you. Blessings to your family. Um, and I'm excited. I got to pop into some of your clubhouse rooms. Yes. Are they? What time do you go on? Okay, so I go on Mondays. I'm on all the time. I see you all the time too. I'm on too. That's why I'm like, where are you at, girl? But I, um, I talk Mondays at noon, Tuesdays at uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and. Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Amazing. Covering the board. I love it. We yeah. had somebody on live who's like, what is Clubhouse? I'm like, oh, jeepers. That's a whole yeah, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's an audio app, Kelly. You got to look it up. We can talk offline about it. But you guys, if you're not already invested mm-hmm. in that, there's audio listening of all sorts and podcasts is where both Camille and I have started. And so I'm excited for people to listen to your podcast. I'm excited for people to come into Clubhouse and more so importantly, just partner with you in prayer and the vision that God has on your life. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Amazing. It was. See you guys. Bye bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hello, hello. Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.